Good morning and welcome to day four, number 106 with the man, Frank Scalish. Here we are. Now, listen. Do I look dark? Is my screen dark? Your screen's a little dark, Uncle Frank. And he said, let there be light. And there was light. More better. More better. Now, listen, we're supposed to be live on Thursday morning. This is this is the joys of doing live broadcasting. (laughs) <laughs> but then I remembered I had told Frank that we were going to go live on Wednesday because you were supposed to, this is a convoluted, ta- this, twisted and consorted tale, Uncle Frank. It's very twisted. So you were unaware that Redcrest was going to be on Lake Norman <laughs> starting today. That's 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 number one, correct? That is uh, very correct. Very accurate. Number two. Behind the scenes, I had agreed to film 106 live on Wednesday evening with you. That also is correct. Number three, I scheduled the extraterrestrial episode of Live with Matt Stefan and Brandon Politic and Miles Berghoff for Wednesday night because I wrote it down on the wrong week on my calendar. That, that, that also, also is, is correct. correct. And number four, <laughs> the uh, the motor oh. no longer works. The The bane of your existence crapped out on you again so you're not even at late norman but we still can't do live tomorrow because you're taking it back to the shop that's correct that's a hundred percent so everything you just said is correct here we are uh recording this show it is uh wednesday evening it will air tomorrow on thursday so very up to date we could talk about everything that is still going on we're going to get into some deals we're going to get into the motor we are going to get into what you noticed on lake norman and then we are going to get into cues that spring has sprung that is i guess today's topic right or nature what nature Nature. can tell you what nature can tell you about catching a bass and the other thing um if you we're gonna i have a story totally 100 related to the making jig skirt episode that you guys won't want to miss because this is this is unbelievable like I'm, i'm even i'm like i'm not amazed by it but i'm amazed by it what is the name of the sofa as the world turns? <laughs> is that the name of it? Yeah, as the world turns, I guess. <laughs> as Frank's engine idols is uh, what we're yeah, calling well, this. So you yeah. you have thousands of vested fans now who have listened to the soap opera that has been yeah. the motor for the past year. So let's kick things off there. What the heck happened to the Merc now? Okay, so I, I get it fixed. I get everything on it's fixed. When I get home, we're still in the throes of winter. Um, I can't really run the boat here, okay? But I went fishing a few times, cracked ice to get out, um, and as usual, slaughtered them pretty good because that's just what happens in the winter. Um, And it idled fine, and I had no glitches, no issues, nothing. So the first real voyage... Okay, I was headed down to Lake Norman to film some videos. I got a little bit behind on videos and I wanted to catch up and film some videos. So I planned this trip to Norman. My camera guy was in Georgia doing some videos. So he was going to meet me there, which was perfect. Perfect. He was only four hours from me. Everything was working out. So uh, the first day I get there, I hook up with my buddy, Troy. You guys all know who he is. You've seen him on the show before. So me and Troy hook up and we go out fishing. And I said, hey, 
we're not going to anywhere we catch them. We're going to all new stuff. We're going to look around. We're going to try stuff. I have um, the bomber next gen, the Model A bombers, um, 4A, 5A, 6A, 7A, et cetera, um, just came out in the next gen colors. And I, I have to do a promo video on that. Um, I'm going to do, I want to do a video on the deep flat A's um, because I don't think they get enough attention. So let's just go look for a bite. So we go out and of course, slick, flat, no wind, dead calm. You can kiss the crankbait bike goodbye. Um, it, it was hard to catch them. I mean, I caught one on the flat A mm-hmm. every day. So I had another video that I was doing. Um, the, the, uh, yum Helgramite. you guys, you guys, we talked about that this. was in the bank and Creek bag as a, as a kind of a surprise lure last week or a couple weeks ago that you said Correct. was, was going to be a player. Correct. So I was amped up to get this thing in the water. So before I left, I poured about 50 um, weedless net heads with, you know, with the weedless hook, not mm-hmm. with a weed guard, the weedless hook. Uh, so um, it's got like an offset hook. It's got yeah. a bend in it. Right. hundred yeah. percent. So I, I poured a bunch of them and I, I thought the five thirty seconds would be heavy enough and heavy enough to skip and cast light enough. So it won't just go boom straight down. So it'll kind of, you know, swim down. So anyway, the long and short of it is we go out there with the Helgramite and unbelievable. The, the, the fish, they wanted it. They ate it. We threw all kinds of other stuff at them. And that was, that was the deal for us. But now keep this in mind. I was avoiding anywhere that I normally catch them so there's certain areas of the lake where i Mm -hmm. i know very very well for the filming because you wanted to make sure it was fresh i wanted to keep it fresh plus i didn't realize red crest was down there and practicing not during the tournament yet right practicing and i also didn't realize the uh high school championship was down there oh my gosh so norman was getting pounded so at what point did you realize that red crest was down there did kevin go whipping past you or something at one point and you went uh-oh. No, Frankie um, called me on my way down. Oh, I got you. <laughs> but said, you're hey, fine. Yeah. I mean, you're just one man, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, the tournament didn't start till today, which is Wednesday, so right, yesterday, right, which is right, where you're doing right. And it's only 40 guys. And right. it's a big-ass lake. Yeah, it's massive. So at, at any rate, I wasn't really concerned, okay? Right. Um, I, I realized after the second day that... I'm not getting a good crankbait show out of the deal. Uh-oh. So I, I did an about face. I got a, I, I decided I wasn't going to chase a lure. I was going to chase the fish and the fish would dictate what Sounds video. Sounds like a good Helgramite bite to me. Right. The Helgramite was, was a money video. Um, it was going to happen. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. So I, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, there's other baits I throw there that the bite was doing good. And I, so I'm like, okay, cool. And and like I said, I wasn't going anywhere where I normally go. So I was pretty confident. Anyway, the third day, I think I was on the lake. I was running down the lake and um, just I'm just 
cruising 67 miles an hour no big whoop just going and and the boat's running and then all of a sudden it goes and keeps right on going like nothing and i'm like my heart sunk because they ain't supposed to do that even though it kept going and nothing never missed a beat but something was up so the rest of the day nothing the boat performed beautifully, got on plane in a second. I mean, everything was good. No big deal. So the, the, the fourth day we were there, Troy's wife wanted to fish with us. So I'm like, yeah, let's load her in the boat. Let's go. So she had something to do in the morning. So we couldn't get out until like 930, 10 o'clock. So I said, well, that's cool. So I went outside. I, I waxed the boat down and was diving through some compartments because I wanted to make some tackle changes because now I'm going to start fishing like I need to fish to find fish. So I make some tackle changes and, and ow, my cat is scratching me to death. Oh, got to so, show the cat. Anytime oh. there's a, anytime there's a pet mention on BTO. Where did it Gra go? Wrangle Bam in. Come here, Bams. Come here. Uh -oh. Come on. Come on. Oh, she she ran behind the desk. Oh, okay. Well, so, yeah, I would too if I scratched Uncle Frank. Oh, yeah. So, anyhow, so I, this this goes to the jig episode that we did the other day, making jig skirts. So, I I'm I'm pulling something out of one of my compartments and and there's a rolled up plastic bag on the underneath everything, but out of a box and I'm like, "How how did the, how did those skirts get out of the box? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I grabbed it and we have her hey, right up, there. Baby? There she is. Look it up. What's up, baby girl? Who are you? <laughs> All right. So anyhow, so <laughs> there you go. So anyhow, so I, I swear to God, I, I got the right. bag of skirts and I unroll it and there's a label on it and it says Norman Lake special. Oh, I'm like, get out of here. I mean, I must have made those 25 or 30 years ago. No okay? way. Yeah. So I'm like, there's no way I found these. So I, I get my jig box out. I get one of my jigs out. I put the skirt on. I trim it up. I get a spine craw trailer, put it on, dye the little tips of the pincher chartreuse, tie it on my rod. And I go, come on, Troy, let's get out of here. And uh, he goes, all right, we're going. I said, I got to show you something. You're not going to believe it. And so I show him the jig and he goes, oh, my God, dude, you made those skirts like three decades ago. I go, yeah, I know. I I, I found them in the bottom of the compartment. I, I don't know how they fell out of my jig box, but they yeah. did. And so I said, so I'm, I pu I'm putting it on because. It, it used to be a killer down there. So well, you kind of have to now. I got odds. Got to. So no lie. The first pitch with that thing, I catch a three pounder, <laughs> which is massive down there. Yeah. Right I'm, like, now. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And then, and then Troy smacks a giant one on a floating worm. And then I catch another one on the jig and I catch another one on the jig. And I'm like, there, there ain't, there's no, there's no way. There's no way. I, I threw a jig one of the days almost, you know, alternating between three rods the whole day and never got a bite, never got a sniff on it. As soon as I put that skirt, <laughs> that skirt that I made for that lake on, I, I catch three in a row on it. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So anyways, cool. 
Yeah. So, so back to the, you know, the jig skirt thing. So that night we were talking about making the day we were talking about making skirts. Um, I always mess around with skirts on certain lakes. And I even told you guys that I have certain colors for certain lakes um, that aren't my mainstays everywhere else I go. Mm -hmm. So I label them by the lake, like the Lake Norman special. Okay. So I know that that's when I go to Lake Norman, that's got to be on a jig. Um, and, and it was just, I, I started laughing and I told Troy the whole story about the show and making the jigs and everything. And, um, and that just, I mean, that just, and I, and here's what I don't, this is what I, is amazing to me. Okay. I literally made those things like 30 years ago. Yeah. How was that? Was the band still rubbery? Yeah. Yeah. Because I used, I used the high quality mouse ears and then I stored them in the Ziploc bag, squeeze all the air out. Okay. Of them so yeah. Shut. So they were, I mean, anywhere else they'd be dry rotted. Oh yeah. No, there's no, there was no dry. The skirts were kind of stuck together. I had to pull yeah. them all the tentacles apart, but, but it was, but, but that's what I mean. You know, you, you there's gosh, there's just, when things happen like that, it makes you feel good because it's like, God, I made that skirt so long ago and it still works today, mm-hmm. which is crazy. That's good stuff. So at yeah. this point, at this point, the motor has made one little deal, but it's still fine. No. So the oh, day no. that the three of us were in the boat, we ran to three or four spots, started seeing a lot of fishing pressure from some of the high school anglers. And so I said, look, I got a, a, another place I want to go hit. I got about, you know, five places I want to go hit. Let's just go let the high schoolers have this area and let's go. And I go to put the boat up on plane and it won't get up on plane. Oh no. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm pressing it and pressing it and it's not doing good. It's just, just plowing. Yeah. Just plowing and dying. And so I said, um, I'm sure you said a lot of things. I said a lot, but I also was kind of stoic and I said, well, here's the deal. We're too far away from the boat launch to idle all the way there and or trolling motor all the way there. So I'm going to do everything I can to get the boat on plane. I told Troy, you get up on the front deck. If the front deck starts coming down, stay there until it's on plane and then crawl your ass back to the seat. So we did that. I got on plane and I kept it at about 4,200 RPMs the whole way back and never had a hiccup ran smooth as silk. Um, and so we got off the lake and I said, you know, Redcrest is here. Let's drop Michelle off at the house. Let's run up to the service crew and go to the Mercury trailer. Not that they'll take, they won't take anybody except the people that are in the event. Right. But I want your Frank Scalish. Well, no, I want, I, I wanted to take a gamble. Cause what if it was one of the guys that was running doing the Bassmaster stuff yep. when I was doing Bassmasters. So I wanted to take a chance and I, I didn't need him to go into my motor. I needed him to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Well, sure enough, he was leaving. So we, I jumped out and flagged him down. He stopped. And then, and then I told him everything that was going on with the motor, everything that I had done to the motor from day one. And, um, he said, that's your, um, low, low range, low power, low range, um, electric fuel pump that's in the side of your motor. 
that controls when you mash the throttle down, it gives the fuel so you can whoa, get uh, up on. Plane. So is this new or has this been? Old? No, this is a brand new issue. Oh, it's a, it's a brand new issue. So, um, I said, hold on. So I called my, I called Tim at fast, Bass Marine, yep. got him on the phone. So I got Tim in one ear. I got the, the, the mercury guy in the other ear and we're going back and forth, back and forth. In the meantime, He's almost 1,000% sure that's what it is because there's two pumps in the motor and one pump outside the motor. And I, so I told Tim, I said, order, the, order all, the, all the pumps. We're replacing every single one of them, whether they need to be or not. We're replacing all of them. I want all brand new pumps. So he said, okay. So I said, I'll leave tomorrow and I'll, I'll come and give you the boat on Thursday. So when this episode airs on Thursday morning, you will be on your way to Fast Bass Marine. That is true. That is a fact. I will be, by the time this show airs, I will be probably just getting out, out of Ohio. You're taking it, you're taking it better than I thought you would, Frank, because you had the hope that everything was copacetic. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I am, um, I, Are I've you had, in denial? Yeah. I, well, no, cause I've had a couple of days to, you know, punch things and throw things and, wine like a baby but this so, had nothing to do with the uh marine dealership or the people who worked on it this was something that just happened with yeah this was completely different because because tim hooks up the computer he looks up hooks up all the pressure pumps and runs the boat while all the computers all the computer stuff's going on and mm -hmm. everything um so he gets accurate info feed and so he, he had straightened everything out and so consequently now he's going to have to do that all again. Um, but this time, because it could, it could be particulate matter got on the screen of the fuel pump. One little thing, the size of a sesame seed will, mm -hmm. will cause this. So rather than monkey around, we're going to flush the entire system, clean everything out, replace all the pumps I like and, it. Yeah, because I, I, so, you know, so I can't take a chance. I mean, I, I yeah, especially is, I, being on Erie and stuff yeah. all the time, you got to have the utmost confidence in it. Right. And so the other plan is, um, repower it, just put a four stroke on it. Um, I know, but that's, you put so yeah. much effort into this one. I feel like you're committed to this one. I mean, you basically have a new motor. <laughs> well, yeah, everything is new on it. It's, yeah, everything is new on it. So I, <laughs> So I'm going to do this last thing. If this motor doesn't straighten out after this, um, I'll have a, I'll have a four stroke on it. All right. You mentioned uh, that you were at Lake Norman during practice for yeah. red crest today. Uh, today is the second day of red crest. So it's, it's been one day, uh, four bags over 15, Dustin Connell leading with 16, Ayler, yeah. Edwin, and Jacob Wheeler, 15, 11, 15-3 out of the 40 anglers. Uh, 18 of them cracked the 12-pound mark, and 34 of them cracked the 10-pound mark. Uh, there are still, you know, there it's currently going on now, and there's four, five, five, four days after this. So, right, give us a right. little rundown of of Norman, what stage the fish are in, what the hell's going on down there, Frank? All right, well, all the all the all the trees are blooming down there, and when those trees bloom, and I'm not sure what what they are, what trees they are down there, not magnolias. Um, ah, hell, I forgot the name of the tree down there, but when those trees bloom. 
the bass are going to the bank. The thing with the thing with Norman is because of the spotted bass population, um, there's a lot of fish. Dogwoods? Are there dogwoods? Yeah, dogwoods. That's what it is. Dogwoods. Good. Okay. Good way to go. Way I couldn't. Go. I well, I googled. Uh, I googled blooming trees around Lake Norman, and all I came up with was botanical gardens in North Carolina. So anyway, no, yes, yeah, dogwoods. <laughs> yeah. Good call. So, so the so the bass are doing a lot of things now. Here, look, we we slid real shallow to go check to see if there were any spawners because there will be spawners. Um, we found one bed, an actual bed. Nothing was on it, so I assumed one of the college kids probably plucked her off of it because it was an obvious, you know, big bowl with the shells in the bottom, typical of Norman's uh, beds. Um, and the fish was gone, but we also found three, three pounders in two feet of water on a branch, just a branch. Um, really? Yeah. And, and they were, they were getting ready to, to do the deal. And, uh, Troy chucked a floating worm on them and caught one of them and the other two took off and never came back. Um, but so there were some, there were some super shallow, but there was not a whole lot of fish doing that. Uh, most of our fish were coming from, uh, I would say roughly mm, six to 10 feet deep. Most of the fish were coming. Um, jerk baits real good. Uh, I wasn't doing a jerk bait episode. But um, the jerk bait was would be good because I, I hook a fish under a floating dock and there'd be five come out with it. So there, they, and every fish took took the helgramite on the fall. None of them took it when it was on the bottom. They all took it on the drop. So that means they were suspending underneath the stuff and they were eating them what, on the drop. What were you throwing? Were you throwing that on a spinning rod or a bait caster? I was throwing that on a spinning rod. Okay. Yeah, spinning rod. Ten ten pound braid eight pound floral okay just skipping it pitching it casting it around the docks the dugout yeah. docks to the poles that type of stuff right underneath the pontoons of the docks in between there um poles wood wood poles were better than metal poles um you know typical i mean typical stuff you look yeah. for little nuances um and and docks with deeper water on them were way better than the shallow flat ones Although I did catch a few out of a, you know, out of the mud in a shallow flat one, but most of them came from the deeper docks and, and they had to have deep water access nearby. Um, so pretty typical, the, very spawn stuff. Very, very, very typical. Um, you know, and then, and then I, I, I slung around a wacky rig dinger in, in some of the custom colors and, um, which brings me to another thing. Um, you guys got to check LureNet out. There's deals all over the place right now for March Madness, but they just made the four-inch dingers in nine of their custom colors. And there's a new one in the dinger. It is um, Northern Lights. Um, Northern Lights is the real deal. That's a good color. Um, and then, of course, my favorite color is GB Haze. I mean, I, I, I don't won't even leave the house with that without that color. Um, three forty nine for a pack of the Yum Dinger and Northern Lights. Right, and then then you got all the other ones, GB Hayes and all of them. But um, and I and I I like Northern Lights and GB Hayes the best. Uh, those are my favorites. But but I I like them a lot too because of I do a lot of smallmouth fishing mm -hmm. with them as well. The four inch, are you 
drop shotting that for smallmouth or oh, putting and, it on I, a, a net head or both, both. Um, when I, I, when I won Buffalo, I was throwing the four inch dinger and an eerie darter on a three eighth ounce jig head. Um, that's how I won Buffalo. Um, the, the one tournament that I fished out of Cleveland, I took third in the Bassmaster event. I was doing a little bit of everything. I was drop shotting them, um, jig head fishing them. Um, the, the second day, the, the first day I caught them all shallow, the, the second day I had to go deep. The, the, actually, the second day was canceled because of gale warnings. So technically, it was the third day, but the second day of competition. Um, I feel like Russ Vegas is a pretty badass color. Russ Vegas is a great color, and it's a great selling color. I mean, it looks like it catches both fish and fishermen. It and does. the name, too. Yeah, it, it's really cool because what you can't really see in the picture on Russ Vegas is that's that's like a purpley pink pearl on the one side. So it actually has a back color to it. And it's a real subtle, but it's nice. It's a nice pearl. It's a really nice pearl. So then, and then also on LureNet, they got bulk bundles, um, 20% off. So when you buy six of whatever, it's, you know, the bundles, you get 20% off, uh, which is nice. Uh, Christy Critters are on special. CC Spoons are on special. Super Spots are on special. And then if there's any walleye guys listening, the, the Bandit Brotan is on special also, which is a, a walleye trolling bait. Um, great, great bait. Great baits. Forgive me here. They LureNet has redesigned their website, and I'm not familiar with how to how to get to all of the different things to pull up. Yeah, it's, it's, um, they're constantly, um, trying to make everything better over there. Is that, is that because we crashed the site with the BTO <laughs> listeners color number seven and they're trying to figure out how to handle it for when those things get back in stock? Yeah, I think it's, I, I don't think that's it. I think it's, uh, I think I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think they were changing. <laughs> they were changing. Tread lightly here. Yeah. They were changing, um, some format around on this thing or some program, something like that. Um, so yeah, but you could go on there, you'll find it. It'll be under specials, bulk bundles. Um, and every week there's every week through the entire month of March is going to be crazy stuff going on. So you got to pay attention, but you know, the super spots, good deal. Um, the bundles, great. The bundles are great deals and the four inch dingers okay, in the new colors finally what's hot this month yeah i don't there, there might even be a paint shop color called lights out i'm trying to get there i know don't stress about it uh under the paint shop oh oh you got lights out on there no. what do you I got, got? A, i got a new one what do you got crusty old thread fin oh yeah yeah flash that bad boy up there for a minute dude that's a that's yeah. a unique color yeah the, in the deep flat a that's good that's a really good color isn't it mm -hmm. here let's see what yeah there it is look at this yeah that's a good color is right crusty old thread fin look i love that 
that shot that they do. A pearl base coat. Oh, the seven A. That's even better yet. Oh yeah, see the see the purple and blue on the shoulders when it was running right. in the water. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. The bomber seven like A. Yeah, I like the seven A because it gets down it gets down to good depth with that seven A. I mean, you you could you could bang the bottom in nine feet with that. It's a good it's a good alternative bait. And the and the thing about the bomber model A's, the way that build design is. It comes through the rocks really good, really good. And I can even get it through the grass. Um, little tricky in heavy timber, uh, just because of the nature of the bill. It's a little bit tricky in the heavy timber. But if you're careful with it, you can walk it through it. But you got to, you, you know, you got to work yourself through that. I like it. That's good stuff. Hey, let's let's wrap up uh, Redcrest and what you expect. So I'm actually, I just got the press release from the day one. Uh, Dustin Connell, like I said, 16-7 leading. But the field as a whole, all top 45, 40 guys average 9.075 keepers per angler. So almost two limits uh, per angler. What seemed to be the, the key in your experience there to get the better than than average bite because it seems like that place and from my experience in the open just chocked full of one sixes to one fifteens tons of them um the 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 real funny thing about that lake is areas there's certain areas that produce better fish um and when you're in those areas that produce better fish you'll catch them doing an array of things but here you're going to catch a little bit better quality on the jerk bait you're going to catch a little bit better quality on a jig. But if you're throwing, if you're, you know, pitching a weightless wacky rig dinger around the docks in the five inch size, you could upgrade that way too. The, but with Norman, the thing that I know about Norman for a fact is you have to be in the areas that produce big ones to catch big ones. Because if you're just dinking around, you're going to catch a lot of fish, but they're not going to be quality. So historically, this is a this would be an example of doing your homework to figure out where the better quality fish and the tournament wins typically come from. Well, yeah, except that, um, like there could be an area in a specific creek, there could be an area on the main lake, a specific area on the main lake. The other thing that happens on Norman a lot. Everything, mo most of the bites there are predicated on wind. So that's a lake where you have to run a wind pattern. Um, and you could get fat and happy and in a hurry running the wind. Because when you get to the right place with the wind on it, generally speaking, you're going to have a much better quality bite. And that's kind of the trick to Norman. Um, the one thing I don't, the one thing I haven't done on that lake, believe it or not, I've been fishing it for holy smokes i don't even know how many years probably over 30. the one thing i haven't done on that lake is fished it in the summertime pure structure fishing mm -hmm. where i where i'm going to ignore everything on the bank that's the thing i really want to do down there because i think there's a whole faction of bass that are being highly overlooked and if i and if i can figure that out then i'll be able to catch those fish when the other fish are starting to gravitate to the bank, there's always pre-spawners that don't go to the bank yet. And I'll be able to target those fish. And that's really what I want to do. So 
so now we're going to go around to another story. So a lot of the guys that are doing really good are totally relying on forward-facing sonar because they're seeing them and they're casting to them and they're catching them. And um, they're not they're not relying on it like I, I got to use this to find the fish. They're going to the areas where the fish are at, and they're fishing traditionally. And when they scan, they see one, they throw the jerk bait out to it, and they catch it. And generally, those are better quality fish um, that they're catching. Um, so now we're talking about forward facing sonar. Matt, are you sitting down? Of course I'm you sitting are. Sitting down, yes. Of course you are. So I got um, thanks to my son, who upgraded all of his electronics on his boat to the uh, highest quality of electronics you can purchase. Um, mm -hmm. Teed me off his forward-facing sonar and his 12-inch carbon. So now the blue machine will have forward-facing sonar. So I am. I'm I'm pumped. So now I get to play with it and once I get good at it, then I'll upgrade to the to the higher quality stuff. That's a that's breaking news. It's it's very breaking, dude. <laughs> you got to you got to stay with some traditional stuff though. We have to make sure uh make sure that we don't go all forward facing now. No, we're not all going to because school. because I, I'm an old guy, man, and I like my 2D and I like my side imaging. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm just going to use it to enhance my performance. Well, that's and, fantastic. And, and of course, I'm going to use it to catch all these crappie around here that nobody can catch. <laughs> all right, so they've got 61, 63, 60, 55, and 43 for the upcoming weather conditions with lows in the 30s, two days of rain, some days of sun. Uh, we saw a little bit of bed fishing play. Is that going to be pretty much done after the first couple days of the full field, do you think, or will fish still be moving up even with lows on Norman and Redcrest, 34, 45, 35, 34, 36? Um, I, I think there's still going to be fish moving up. I mean, it's just that time of year. Uh, they're going to be moving up. The, the full moon was a couple days, I think, before Redcrest started. Um, mm -hmm. And there was a small movement of fish coming up. But they're, they're getting real close to where they want to be. I personally think the fishing's probably going to get better as the tournament progresses. Okay. Um, that's just how it goes. I mean, if you... You know, you can miss Norman by one day and two days later, the lake's on fire and everybody's catching 60 fish a day. Uh, that's just how Norman is. It's a very fickle animal. Did you mess with the largemouth at all? I think we saw a six pounder get caught uh, today. No, but no, I didn't even I didn't even monkey with them. I, I when I go down there, to be honest with you, I go down there to catch spotted bass. Um, I don't get a chance to catch them up here where I live anymore. We used to have a pretty good population in the Ohio river, but it's kind of waned. Yeah. I wonder why do spotted bass not thrive in the North? Like uh, you would think that the deep clear lakes, I mean, I don't understand why there's no spots. I don't know. And like the great lakes. Oh my God, dude. If they put spotted bass in Lake Erie, it'd be crazy. But there has to be some reason why they, there has to be some sort of line that they don't really survive above. 
Well, we had them in the Ohio River, and we had them when I was younger. I mean, that's what you would win a lot of the tournaments on some of the northern pools with spotted bass. But then the smallmouth started taking over. And once the smallmouth took over, you got to be fishing for the smallmouth. And so that's just the way it goes. But there's know? a bunch of fisheries that have all three. I mean, Oklahoma is probably the best example yeah. of lakes with well, the ability rock. to catch. Yeah, Oklahoma, that Ozark area is probably the best example yeah. in the country of a place where you can catch a four-pound smallmouth, a four-pound largemouth, and a four-pound spot. Absolutely. And, and that's very unique. So it's obviously cohabitation is not an issue. No, because they they're, they they do different things. They behave differently. All three of them do. So there's times when they'll overlap. You know, certain times mm -hmm. of the year they'll overlap. But for the most part, you're not going to have too much of an overlap. Um, but yeah, just the, up here they just don't. They're just not. They don't do it up here. I mean, mm -hmm. it's largemouth or smallmouth. You know, we don't. Uh, which is sad because I love I love fishing for spotted bass. I'll tell you another thing I'm going to do. I'm going to start going to Lake Lanier. Um, That's probably not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, because because that place has big giant spotted bass and it's a structured fisherman's paradise. Mm -hmm. And so I want to start going there. I've never been there in my life, actually. And, um, you know, I, I've been on the Coosa River and caught those big giant Coosa River spots. And that's a lot of fun. Um, but I want to, I want to get on them and do my homework and drag football jigs and Carolina rigs and big giant crankbaits and catch those spots. Most That's that really what fun. I want to do. Yeah. Oh, uh, guess what I did in the Bassmaster open during competition last week. You see rig baby. I threw a Carolina rig, the lizard. Nice. Did you get any on it? Caught exactly zero bass on it. <laughs> God bless it, Matt. Okay. We're going, we're Matt. We're going. We're going on a Carolina rig adventure. You and uh, I. No, I'm in. I'm in. You and I. We're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna teach you the proper Carolina rig etiquette, and you're okay. gonna. You're gonna catch some of your biggest bass you ever caught on a Carolina rig. To put a, a bow on the spotted bass, I actually had a pet spotted bass for over two years. In an aquarium or in a pond? Uh, in, a, in a round aquarium. I caught him on Lake Thunderbird, the lake that does not have spotted bass on it. And he was approximately eight and a half inches at the time. Eight and a half, nine inches. Cute little spotted bass. And I said, oh, okay. this will work for aquarium, right? Absolutely. It was a 50, 50 gallon aquarium. And uh, I named him SMIM, C-M-I-M, which stood is the acronym for Cash Money Ice Millionaire. So <laughs> SMIM... <laughs> What? What the hell kind of name is that, dude? That's the greatest name ever. His name was Little Little Smim, Cash Money Ice Millionaire. All right, I'm and uh, it. I would get. Uh, was he I a rapper? Get, <laughs> he was a he was he was in charge of that aquarium for sure. But I, you know, I'd get him to where he'd follow my finger, and I mean, we were buddies. He was right next to them. It was the first living thing I saw when I woke up in the morning, most mornings, and I would feed him either. Uh, half a dozen goldfish from PetSmart Perfect. or a dozen minnows. Perfect. I mean, I'd have people go into my apartment and, and feed Smim while I was on the road covering the Elite Series or fishing tournaments or whatnot. Tragedy <laughs> struck Smim, though. Uh-oh. One of the seven deadly sins got the best of him. And he was probably close to a 12-inch keeper by the time. I'm going to say his... gluttony. <laughs> what? 
And what made you guess that? Because he's a spotted bass. Yeah, because he's a spotted bass, and they'll, they'll gorge them. They'll they'll chase them minnows down and have five tails sticking out of their mouth and try and eat another one. That's what happened to Smim, and <laughs> he ate one too many one day, and literally I watched as he wet belly up. <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't and grab I'm him and pull him out. I tried. I'm going, Smith, no, no. And he gorged himself to death. There you have it. I mean, it was piranha water in there. Just and I, oh, I yeah. got I got too many of the goldfish, and it never occurred to me, like, hey, don't put them all in at once. And I put them all in at once, and he chased them all down until they were gone and basically exploded. <laughs> That's outstanding, dude. I, I still remember it. He was the best. Uh, and I've had a lot of fish in my day, a lot of pet fish. He's the best pet fish I've ever had. Spotted bass named Smith. That's perfect, dude. I yeah, I had I had a 150-gallon tank. I had uh, a couple largemouth in it, a couple crappies, some bluegill, and a couple walleye in it. Oh, the walleye lived, huh? Yeah, they were they were little dudes. I got you. You know what I mean? And and the thing about it was I wanted to put smallmouth in there, but I didn't. I wanted to, but I didn't. You think they would have lived? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? I know they would have because uh, uh, the Blue Heron Communications uh, PR firm mm-hmm. used to have an office right here, or not here, but in Norman. And when you walked in, you had to, you like walked inside. So you're inside and and you walked over a little bitty like bridge. Right. And they had a three foot deep pool in there. And one end went down to probably four or five foot, but it it was, it was the size of two kiddie pools put together. It had the the trickling brook down. It was a, a mood setter. Right. Okay, if you tell me that. <laughs> they had they had a like a six pound smallmouth that lived in there for like five years. Yeah, I mean they'll do they'll do fine. The thing the nice thing about native species is you don't have to deal with heating the water. You don't have to deal with any of that. Um all you have to do is give them sufficient habitat and food and they'll live. And, and they donate, would go and, buy them big, big shiners and stuff and toss them to them. Oh, yeah. And just don't get them. Don't, you know, make sure you don't get them parasites. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that lived for five years. All right. You mentioned it earlier in the show, and I think we need to circle back and talk a little bit about this. But that is uh, nature's cues to kind of give you an idea yeah. of what is going on on the water before you even get there. Or while you're there, uh, you were talking about the the trees blooming. Right. So in the springtime, flowers will tell you a lot. Um, And anybody that lives on Kentucky Lake will tell you about the yellow flowers on Kentucky Lake. Um, So what I do is I as I travel, like when I was traveling to Norman. As I was moving down, I was seeing buds on trees. Okay. Okay. So then I started looking for the willow trees. Because when the willow trees start to bud, you're getting spring. You're getting spring movement. Those fish are wanting to go shallow. So you don't have to. You didn't know anything that was going on, but you're already getting an idea of yeah. what stage the fish are in this time Just, of year based on what you're seeing on the road as you approach the lake. Hundred percent. And so, but when I when I got into North Carolina, 
as soon as I got through the mountains, I saw my first dogwood tree bloom. And I was like, uh-oh, this is going to happen. And then the closer I got to Lake Norman, all the all the trees were blooming. Which so means I, spawning fish. Yeah. That means they're they're spawning or about to be spawning. And so so I so that was one clue. Um the other thing I do is I look at I look at nature itself, the animals around the lake the, itself. If I see a lot of deer and a lot of turkey and they're moving, the fish are moving too. The fish are active. Is that when a you, pressure thing? Um, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. It very well can be, but when the deer are active in the morning, like driving to the boat ramp, you're seeing deer everywhere, mm-hmm. you're seeing turkey everywhere. Um, I know it's gonna be a good day to fish. I know I know the fit the I, I it could be a bad day if you make the wrong decisions, but I know the fish should be active. Um, and so I pay attention to that. The other thing I pay attention to on the lake is when I, where, where am I seeing bait fish? Am I seeing bait fish running banks? Am I seeing bait fish in the milling around out in the middle? Am I seeing them on my locator on structure? This gives me locations. Now what to key in on, um, bluegills where this time of year, the bluegills are pretty important. So where, where am I seeing bluegills? If I go shallow, am I seeing bluegills everywhere or am I only seeing them on suspending under docks halfway back you know what i mean so i pay attention to where i'm seeing the bait fish because the bait fish tell you a lot too and and that's you know pretty much the clues but most of the time i i look at the animals in the spring you got to look at foliage and, okay. and, and and the animals in the summertime i look at the animals if the animals are moving the if the fish are going to be so at. that's kind of the same thing is that the old wives tale that hey if the cows are laying down when you're headed to the lake fish probably aren't going to be biting that good but if the cows are up milling around and walking and in the field and stuff hey you, you might you might do pretty well right i mean because animals t- animals tell you a lot i mean they just do uh and just pay attention to it and, and it can it, it can let you know that you should be catching them, and if you're not catching them, you need to switch what you're doing. Yeah, I did, I know this sounds weird, but it's true. So I used to I used to uh, take Highway Nine. I think I've told this. I might maybe have told this once before. I took Highway Nine out to Lake Thunderbird every night for the Wednesday nighter. Every Wednesday, and I could tell how good the fishing was going to be on that 21 mile stretch of Highway Nine. Based, and this is a little bit morbid based on how how much fresh roadkill was on Highway 9. If I was seeing skunks and possums and raccoons that weren't, you know, a week old, it seemed to me like the fishing was better because there was a, everything was freaking moving, especially yeah. early earlier in the year like that too. Cuz well, you yeah. know, it's a, it's not there's no habitation. It's all like nature stuff that you're running when you're driving out there. More the, roadkill, the better is basically the, what I'm getting. And at. the funny thing is, every animal you named is a nocturnal animal, so they're moving at night. I got you. Which is real, which is a good indication that things are going on because they're out and about. That, that's I mean? weird. I, I mean, you wouldn't think that there'd be a relation between deer and turkey and a, and a spotted bass, but there is something in nature. I mean, yeah. that. You talk to anybody 
uh, that's done this for a long time, and, and they and everyone knows that's a thing. Well, because they're all animals. Yeah, they, all, they they're all animals, you know. So that so you, I always pay attention to that. So are you gonna are you gonna go more reaction baits, hunting big? You know, if you're like, you know, buck jumps out in front of you, or you see a bunch of turkeys frolicking in the meadow. Are you more <laughs> what? Don't laugh at. Is that not the terminology? Yeah, they're frolicking. <laughs> Are you more likely to go with like a swim bait, a reaction bait, a topwater bait, something that those fish are going to track down, as opposed to, like you said, a Helgramite or a, or a Texas rig or something to start out with? Are you going to go yeah, more I'm, aggressive I, and cover water? Yeah, I'm liable not to start finesse fishing quite yet. Um, if I do, it'll be quick shots at a stump, quick shots at a dock, just to keep them honest. And then, then if something happens, then I can start to hone down that pattern. Uh, you know, that's kind of how it, I do it, but also, but you got to remember too, when you get on the lake, wind is going to tell you a lot. Water clarity is going to tell you stuff. Um, there's other, there's other variables once you get on the water, but when you see the nature moving, you get an idea of what's going on in the animal world. And then once you get on the water and see the conditions of the lake, you can apply, start applying techniques for those conditions and you should come out. Okay. Um, you know, I've been on, I've been on lakes where I've made the wrong decision and thought they were the worst lakes in the world. And then other people would swear to God, it's the best lake on the planet. Have you um, seen Jordan Lee's new apparel line? I have Speaking not. of which day four apparel still available. Uh, bass zone.com under the merchandise tab Perfect. and then uh next week is the 16th and we will have dates for where uh times and dates for when you'll be able to meet uncle frank at the bassmaster classic yay see the fans in person did i cut you off there were you talking about something i was absolutely Important. not I thought I thought maybe you were done, but I was I, I had as a note here make sure to mention the, the classic and stuff. And the day four merch. And you did not four. you did not cut me off. Okay. I was I was actually finished with my thought process. Now we're just full on bloviating. Now we are full this is real bloviation. Just all I want to do is remind you guys the custom colors are in the four inch dingers. You gotta go out and get them. Um, two of my, what were the two, the two colors. Yeah. Yeah. Two of my absolute favorites are Northern lights and GB Hayes. Hey, um, have you messed around with a four inch yum dinger on that, uh, flick shake head with the little uh, weight on the hook? Oh, in the absolutely. That make, makes the ends go. Bruh, 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 bruh. Absolutely. Instead of just weightless. hundred percent. Isn't dude, that, I, isn't that really perfect for the four inch dinger is to put it on the flick shake head? Dude, I fished the five and the four on the flick shake. Really? Yeah, I fl I fl I fished the flick shake before I fish weightless. Okay. Always, I just go to a real light flick shake because I, I because if you I got a video out there flick shaking and I got underwater footage of it. When it goes down, it swings like this as it's sinking on the flick shake. And as it's sinking, the ends are doing that. So it's going like that and like that and like that. And I got, dude, I got the best footage on that. You have to see it to believe it. Oh, we're fixing to see it, Uncle Frank. Oh, you're you're getting it now? Yeah. 
we're actually just going to start at the beginning. Now we won't have audio with it, but your well, uh, you're going to start it at the beginning. Well, yeah, just because your hand motion of of the motion it makes is hilarious. This. <laughs> you're about a <laughs> picture. Your hand is the flick shake. All right, go to. There's another one. Go to the other one. Wait, no, the, no, the video will be in here. Is this it? No, that's that's a. I have another. Did you see that grass on that on that mm -hmm. depth finder though? That was good, man. Let's try to find this underwater stuff. It's there's it's another not one. in this one. It should have been. Whoop! Go back. Yeah, check it out. Oh. Oh, yeah, there you can see it a little bit. Did you see the little bluegill tracking it down? <laughs> oh, yeah, there it is right there. Yeah, that's a very much more effective way to cover water and get a bait down than the uh, than just a weightless. Oh, absolutely, 100%. And, I, and, I, and this video here is actually in the summer offshore. All right, um, I'll be finding the other one. It should be more recent, I believe, if, if it ran. I think it ran. Maybe it didn't run yet. No, it did. Flick shake secrets. Yeah, there you go. That one. Yeah. Next to, right next to the motor. Yeah, I got <laughs> so on this this particular video here is a great video because I start out fishing and I and I'm catching a lot of little ones. And so, and this is, this is after the spawn. Okay. So what I do here is I, I'm show I'm going to show you in a few minutes how to actually find the bigger fish. Watch this right here. Ooh, did you see that? That's the, it, that's the it, juice right there. Isn't it? Isn't that money where it does the little booty shake? Watch. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> that's the flick. Sh that's the magic of the flick shake. Isn't it? Right. Yeah. That's there. It. See it where it just goes. Yep. But so here, so if you, so see the little ones I'm catching? Yep. All right. So go towards the end. Go, go all the way. Yeah, right there. Now I back the boat way out off of that. And now watch the size difference. And we, and we tanked them after the video. We went fishing for fun and we smoked them and we caught big ones. Nice, nice ones. But but here and, and it was a matter of it was a matter of backing out um, five feet deeper. Oh, yeah. You know, when you try to boat flip them and they bounce off the gunnel, that that's a dandy. Yeah. yeah wait till you see what I tried to boat flip on eight pound fluoro. <laughs> You're going to laugh at me. <laughs> you tried to boat flip that one and it's a pretty nice one. Right. But yeah, so I backed out, got way out and all the bigger fish were there and we literally sat there and caught them one right after the other after the other and, and never caught another little one after that but up until i got out far enough um we st we stayed and caught little ones until i got out far enough um let me just pull this up and all those vid all those videos are on uh, LureNet youtube Just so people know about that hook that's perfect with it. Yeah, it's I mean I'm using the Zapu one, but you can use whatever 
you know, Gamagatsu makes one. I'm sure other companies make them. That's the actual Jackal Flick Shake Hook right there. Yeah. I don't use the one. I don't use the Weed Guard, though. Okay. Um. And I'll, and I'll start out with a 332nd. There's a bunch of different ones. Like yeah, I, I think I think uh, a Wu and Nietzsche, and then the the that's the, the that's the one I use right there, the <clears throat> inch inch wacky, mm -hmm. the Zapu, inchy yeah. inchy king cobra wacky hook. Yeah, that's the one that I use. I just have I have really good success with that hook up ratio, on that hook, um, it just does good. And that's perfect for that four and five inch yum dinger. Oh yeah, it's absolutely perfect. And I and I'll Ned rig the five incher as well, and the four incher. All right, what else we got, Uncle Frank? As we wind down day four, number one oh six. One oh six, man. Just to, just you guys, you got to get on there and check out the deal. Just a second. Are you back now? Me? Was I out? Yeah. yeah, it's this it's this music when I bring it in. It's the new background music feature in the streaming system we use. And about once every four times when I bring the music in, it mutes out the, the Other guest. audio. Yeah, which happened to be you with the exit of the show. So I was trying do, to make Do they it, know who I am? I was trying to make the exit <laughs> more dramatic. And in the process all we have is epic rock full, and then we drown out the epicness of the exit. So it's counterproductive. But okay. we're back. I'm just going to sit here. Just go to LureNet. Look at all the deals. March Madness. Okay, ready. <laughs> you heard it. There you go. All right, this has been another edition of Day 4 with Frank Scalish. Next week, we will be live on the 16th. Final show before the Classic. Excellent. We'll talk to everybody next week. Frank, be safe on the road as you head to get the vessel back in shape. It's got to start running <laughs> or I'm buying a new motor. <laughs> See ya.